When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into the DNVR Rams podcast presented by High Plains Strains, the Northeastern Colorado dispensary providing top quality cannabis and a wide variety of products. If you give them a visit, be sure to mention DNVR to take advantage of their deals. Hope everybody is having a good week. It's Thursday, December 21st. Yesterday was the first day of the early signing period. CSU signed 19 players in total, all from the high school ranks. We're going to get into some takeaways from that. I'm going to get my thoughts on this class as a whole. Really intrigued by a lot of these guys. I think it's a pretty, pretty encouraging 2024 class. So I'm looking forward to getting into all of that. Uh, at the end, I'll give some thoughts on this agreement between Oregon State and Washington State with the WCC for hoops and Olympic sports. We'll talk about what I think that means for the future of the Pac-12, for the future of the Mountain West, obviously for CSU, all of that fun stuff. Uh, real quick, just in the intro, CSU women's hoops, they fell to 9-2. and two. They lost to Mississippi State last night, 82-75 to 75 at Moby Arena. First ever SEC game in Moby for the program, so that was cool. I ultimately thought this was a really frustrating game, though, just because it was there for the taking. You know, they led 38-37 at the break, came out and extended that lead to eight after the third, but then got outscored 26-11 to in the fourth. And the, the most frustrating part of this for me was just the seemingly lack of in-game adjustments. I mean, Lauren Park Lane... She led the game with 33 points from Mississippi State. She hit 10 of 17 threes. And a lot of them, it seemed like they were just kind of giving it to her, like they expected her to miss. I mean, she certainly had a career day. That's not what you would expect from her. But I don't know, man. When when somebody hits 10 threes, it's kind of tough to justify, especially if they're not like circus threes from the parking lot. And the crappy part about this is after that hot start, your whole season now comes down to three days in Vegas. And it just, it was not a good non-conference schedule, basically the exact opposite approach of what Nico Medved did. And I don't get that at all, especially because we know what the national perception is of the Mountain West when it comes to women's basketball. It's a one big, it's a one bid league, excuse me. So if you want to change that, you have to schedule up. You've got to pull off some big time wins. And if you don't, I mean, then your season just comes down to couple of days in March anyways. I don't know. I just think given the expectations with McKenna Hofshield coming back, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more aggressive of an approach when it comes to the non-conference schedule from Ryan Williams. I just think that having to win the, the Mountain West tournament in order to get into the NCAA tournament is a tough way to live. 
But when you know that that's the case, you've got to take steps to try and, you know, better your cause, give yourself a better chance to get in that large bid. And I just didn't think they did that this year. Obviously, this was a, an impressive game against Mississippi State. You love that. But outside of that, when you look at the metrics, their they're strength of schedule, it's just, it's not good. And it's, it's going to hurt their argument when it comes to being an at-large bid, whether they win, you know, 25 games or not. It's, it's just a tough spot. Um, so I, I thought it was a disappointing loss. I thought it was great that they got an SEC team to come in. Uh, I was frustrated by the outcome, especially given the, the way that that game played out there. We'll see what happens, I guess. But I do think that not making a single NCAA tournament with McKenna Hofschild would be a huge missed opportunity. And I think that some criticism is fair when it comes to the, the way this schedule was put together. So that's my two cents on it all. I want to be fair. Obviously, I'm not on that beat full time. And one of the things that I talk about is I try not to say anything on this podcast that I would not also be willing to say to the, the faces of the people that I am critiquing. And in this instance, I feel like I'm being fair. Um, but we'll, we'll see what happens with the, the rest of the season there. It's, it's a team with a lot of offensive firepower. I do think they can get bullied at times. We'll see. We'll just have to see. But uh, again, shout out to McKenna Hofschild having another incredible season. She did her thing in this one. She had 25 points, 11 to 22 from the floor. Only one of seven from three, which was tough, especially given the the hot shooting on the other side. But 10 assists, only one turnover, one steal. You can't you can't fault her at all. She just does her thing every game. We're gonna move on. We're gonna get into National Signing Day here, the early period. When you get hurt, though, Bax and Shanker, they're here to help. Bax and Shanker wins for Colorado families. They've been helping those who are seriously injured in Colorado for more than 25 years. They're free until they win money in your case. No fee while they work on your case. You don't even have to pay a fee unless they win your case and win money for you. They've already won over a billion dollars for their clients. They have more locations than ever, serving all of Colorado. They have the strength and power to win your case with more than 30 lawyers and 100 staff. Bax and Shanker help with all kinds of injury cases when you weren't at fault, car accident, motorcycle, ride share, pedestrians, trucks. They can even help if you're injured at work. Call Bax and Shanker at 222-2222 to find out if you have a case for free. Bax and Shanker wins. I also want to talk to you guys about game time. It shouldn't be a stressful process trying to buy last minute tickets, but if you have these days, it really has become a nightmare with most sites. They hit you with endless fees. A lot of the times you think you're getting a good deal and boom, here comes all this crap at the end. It's it's just become a really tiring process, but that's why we partnered with GameTime. GameTime makes everything easy. You can see the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what you're getting when you arrive. They have all-in-one prices shown up front, so the price you see is the price you get. It's not like they're going to smack you with a bunch of fees at the end like everyone else seems to these days. They have exclusive flash deals where you can save on average 18%. Uh, it really is awesome. And with the game time guarantee, you'll always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less. Game time's going to reimburse you 110% of the difference. It's awesome. Take all the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the app, create an account, use the code DNVR for $20 off your first purchase. Terms to apply again, create an account, use that code DNVR for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. All right, all right, all right. Let's get into this early period here. I'm going to give you some information on the signees. I'm going to give you some takeaways. 
talk about why I think this class is really encouraging, talk about why the staff recruits the way that they do. I think they're very direct with their approach. I think they stick to their principles, and it's been very evident, especially with these last two classes. I love the way that they're building this program. I think this is the way you you do it sustainably, especially when you're not trying to count on hitting a million transfers. And I understand the portal is exciting. It's a great way to add talent. But the reality of the portal is, is it's a gamble. And I think it's a much bigger gamble than it is uh, recruiting high school because you get to know these guys for multiple years. You get to know their family. You get to understand how they're going to translate athletically, but also how they're going to fit inside your program with the type of people they are. And that's not to say that you can't find good transfers on the market. I mean, Dallin Holker, uh, you know, Jordan Noyes, the, the kicker, both those guys, great dudes, had huge moments for CSU. I've heard nothing but good things about the, the North Dakota State guys. I really enjoyed Kobe Johnson before he got hurt. Sure hope to see him back next year. Uh, I, I mean, I, I just think that this, this staff does a good job of getting the right type of players. It's certainly about athletic profile. And a lot of these guys are really unique, versatile athletes, which again, that's a, another Norvell trait. You know, it's, it's not necessarily, do you have four years of experience at this exact position? If not kick rocks? No, it's, you know, what type of explosive traits do you have? They, they really view it like an NFL draft process, to be honest, like we can coach you up, we can develop you. But there are certain things that you can't coach, which is size, which is speed, uh, just, I mean, to an extent, like flexibility with, with some of these offensive linemen, just the way they're able to move, like you can get more flexible. But some of these guys are, are just freaky. So let's get into it. Uh, 19 total signees. There will be four early enrollees. As far as the breakdown goes, four of the players are defensive backs, four are defensive linemen. Five are offensive linemen. They signed one quarterback, one running back, three wide receivers, and a linebacker. Really, really nice balance there. It makes sense. The majority of your guys are in the trenches, but then also the skill positions huge for this offense. Uh, Twelve of the prospects are from California, one from Oregon, one from Arizona. So that West Coast presence remains a massive factor under Norvell, under Chad Savage, James Finley, and these guys. You've got to credit that whole staff for the work that they do out on the West Coast and establishing those connections. It's really proved to be big. I'm very excited about a lot of these guys and feel like they very easily, under different circumstances, could have ended up at Power 5 schools or bigger programs. But you know those, those Power 5 schools these days are so fixated on the quick fix and, and the transfer portal that I think some of these guys are, are slipping through the cracks a little bit and they end up at CSU, which is great. The struggle, of course, is holding on to that talent. It's super frustrating when you're a team like CSU, you bring a guy like Grady Kelly or TJ Crandall in, you find him, you develop him, and then you know they, they leave because they're getting offered cash in the portal. And I don't blame those players. Don't get me wrong. I, I don't blame them for chasing what's best for their opportunity. It's just uh, the, the lack of regulation and oversight is really frustrating, the straight-up tampering that goes on. I've already made this rant before, but my whole thing is I don't have beef with players transferring. I don't have beef with players getting compensated. I just want regulation. You know, free agency is a structured process. The NFL would freaking suck if it was the chaotic process that college football is right now. And I just, I, I don't know how you build a roster long term. It's, it's become really wonky, but we'll see what happens there. Uh, all you can do if you're a team like CSU is try to bring as much talent in as possible. And, and hope that eventually, if you, if you start winning, 
the incentive to stick around is is there. You know, you're having fun. I think it's clear that the players really enjoy playing for Jay and they love him. But, you know, at some point, they've just got to find that success. And I think that'll be huge for kind of keeping some of these guys around. Obviously, more NIL money would be nice as well. Uh, they also signed three kids out of Colorado, one from Kansas, who I'm really excited about, Braden Hales, and a running back out of Arkansas, who I think is an absolute steal in Jalen Dupree. Sounds like some SEC teams were kind of sniffing around late on him. He reaffirmed his commitment to CSU. You love to see stuff like that, especially in the modern era. So many guys, and again, I'm not going to fault anybody for taking money or being swayed by a bigger school or whatnot. But so many guys, they just they abandon these relationships that they've had for years and years and years to essentially chase the the flash. And a lot of times I just feel like it doesn't pan out for them in the long run. So I hope to see some of these kids get rewarded. One of the things that's been really great to see, I feel like under Norvell, especially these last two years, is there's not a lot of drama when it comes to signing day. The guys they get are committing relatively early in the process. They're staying committed. And so you've got to credit the staff for maintaining those relationships and, you know, getting the right guys and keeping everybody on board. It's, it's a good situation. Uh, some more takeaways here. A lot of these guys have really impressive numbers. You know, they were all league type players. I, I said this before, but I, I really think CSU's ability to land high school talent has improved these days. There are guys that very likely could have ended up at power five schools, but because those schools are so fixated on the transfer portal. Some guys are slipping through the cracks. They're ending up at at G5 schools. I mean, recruiting really has changed a lot in the last couple of years just based on some tweaks to NIL and the, the recruiting calendar and the way the portal works and all that. Now, obviously, with multiple transfers allowed, it's become even more chaotic. Uh, the challenge is going to be retaining these guys in the coming years, but they're really versatile. I, I love the athletic profiles. I think there's good size and speed. Bill Best posted this morning. Uh, the, the average size of the, the O-line in this group is at 6'5", 305 pounds, which is awesome. The receivers, the DBs, you see the speed, you see the the size. I think it's all going to very much fit the, the Norvell mold. He said it in the intro presser back when he got introduced a couple years ago. They needed to get bigger. They needed to get faster. Slowly but surely, that's what's happened with these last couple of classes. Again, they just they stay very true to their principles. They recruit heavy on the West Coast because that's where they have connections and that's where the talent has consistently proven to come out of. You want to fish where the big fish are. And I understand that there's always going to be people that are upset about CSU not signing like 15 Colorado kids. But honestly, I don't know if you could win that way consistently. You do want to have a Colorado presence. Don't get me wrong. Three to five, maybe even six or seven under the right circumstances. That that would be awesome. And I'm really intrigued by the the local kids that they signed this cycle. Uh, Myers obviously being the son of a legend along with Moran. That's that's awesome. And I think both those guys, they fit the profile. Uh, again, Dagan or Dagan, I'm still not 100% sure on that. He's very raw as a DB, but you see the the speed one i mean he's a all conference sprinter but i think his ability to make plays on special teams will be huge if nothing else i think he can return kicks and punts and you know maybe he grows into a true cover corner and with moran man when you look at his frame i just that size coming out of high school 6'5 240 pounds he was 
all Jeffco and offensive line and defensive line, really, really high motor. I mean, those are the type of local kids that you want to get. Zach Smith, he'll be playing offensive tackle, played tight end and OT for Thunder Ridge. I do think he translates more as an offensive tackle in this system, especially maybe could be a tight end in a more run heavy uh, set. But, you know, given the, the air raid, I think being tackle, uh, being a tackle makes a, a whole lot of sense. Anyways, I think just at times we get a little too caught up in looking at numbers without actually diving into the important context. For instance, you'll see some people complaining about how the last couple of years CU and CSU have not signed anyone out of the top 10, according to the Colorado 247 rankings. But when you dive in and you look at a lot of these guys, CSU was the first to offer them. So they're recruiting the right kids locally. You're not going to land all of them especially when schools like USC and, you know, Michigan are in the picture. That's, that's a tough sell, especially when you have not been doing a whole lot of winning. Maybe, you know, three, four years from now, if you've won a couple of Mountain West championship, guys like that are, are more willing to stay. But you've got to be realistic, and you can't sign 15 Colorado kids just for the sole purpose of signing Colorado kids. Like, I do love the Jack Howells and, and Henry Blackburns of the world, and I feel like their passion for CSU is genuine. That's not something that you can fake, but you've also got to be able to play too. And I think they did a good job of, of going out and getting guys that, that fit that. And honestly, Braden Hales, the guy coming out of Kansas, I'm as excited about him as anybody. That dude is a beast. 6'4", 290 out of Olathe, Kansas. Going to be an offensive tackle, I believe. I mean, you watch that dude. He's a mauler. He, he's all muscle too. Like, I think that's what I, I like the most about all of these offensive linemen, to, to be honest, is it's not that they're just big, they're athletic. I mean, Philip Ocon, he competes in jiu-jitsu. He was an all-league guy out in Los Angeles, out of, out of South Pasadena, California, excuse me. Uh, John Holthouse, also coming out of California, six foot seven, really lanky, moves well. He's a lacrosse star. I mean, these guys, they're not just big and, and blobs, you know, taking up space out there. They can move. They can you know, get out and, and maul you. I just, I think the athletic profile is really, really intriguing. And to me, that's a lot more important than, you know, did we sign 15 Colorado kids or not? It's not that you don't want to have a local presence because you do. I really do believe in that. I think it's a, a factor, but I, I do think we get a little too caught up in it at times. And more than anything, you just want to be able to bring guys in that you feel like are going to translate. and with what this staff is doing, I think a lot of these guys are going to translate. A lot of these guys could have played at bigger schools. They put up big numbers. They're proven. Darius Curry, quarterback out of Long Beach Poly. Yeah, he's a little undersized, listed at 5'10", 175. Honestly, I think he might be more like 5'8", 5'9". But he's got some Kyler Murray to his game. He's thrown for over 3,000 yards in each of the last two seasons. He's got a 4 to or better than a 4-1 to one touchdown to interception ratio. I mean, he's a guy that can just flat out make plays. Jalen Dupree coming out of Malvern, Arkansas, stud running back, 5'11", 220. He's thick. He's run for close to 7,000 yards over the last three years. This, this year alone, he had 2,370 yards on the ground. That was after rushing for 2,800 yards as a junior. It's insane. 93 rushing touchdowns. Honestly, I don't know why. He didn't get more P5 interest in, until late in the process, but thank God that CSU was able to 
build that relationship with him and that he's so firmly committed because I, I think he's going to be a stud. I'm excited about all the wide receivers. Corey Hall, he was the, the first commit, I believe, for this class. Him or Moran, uh, the fact that they were able to keep him on the whole time. Jordan Ross, obviously a burner. I don't give a crap if they list him as three-star, four-star. That dude can play. He's fast as hell. He's got great hands. Landon Bell is another dude who I think really is going to translate well into this system. The future feels very bright. Very, very bright. I'm going to move on. I'm going to talk about what we should keep an eye on in the coming weeks. Uh, Talk about some positions maybe to keep an eye out for when we get to National Signing Day in February. Real quick, I do want to talk to you guys about High Plains Strains. They are the premier dispensary in northeastern Colorado, providing top-quality cannabis and a wide variety of products. Check them out for all your needs. They've got edibles, high-potency concentrates, some of the best flour in the state. There's three High Plains Strains locations in Colorado, one in Log Lane Village, one in Garden City, one in Sedgwick. If you're in northeastern Colorado, they are absolutely the dispensary for you. Order online and use the code DNVR to take advantage of their epic deals you can pick up. They've got drive throughs at other locations. You don't even have to get out of your car. You can also mention that code DNVR in store. Uh, some of their deals include a full ounce for 80 bucks, Veritas 8s for 25 They've got Mammoth 1-gram cartridges for 15 That's a great deal. Exquisite extracts for, for 40 Remember to use that code DNVR online or mention DNVR in stores to take advantage of these high plane strains deals. Finally, Shady Rays, they've been with us for a long, long time. Take on the sun with gear that's built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered. Maybe you're going to be skiing, you need some new shades, you want to look cool, but you also want to wear them confidently. That's what's great about Shady Rays. You can wear them and know that if something were to happen, if you were to break them, if you were to lose them, whatever, they're going to replace them because they have the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you break or lose your pair, even on day one, they're going to replace it for you, no questions asked. Shop the entire collection at the Park Meadows Mall. Full stop shop for all things Shady Rays. If you don't love your Shady Rays, return them for free or exchange for a new one within 30 days. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays giving out the best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com, use the code DNVR for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the Shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Cool, cool, cool. I'm going to give a couple of thoughts on the WCC Mountain West Pac-12 situation, though I think I'm going to try and get a guest on in the next couple of days to kind of go back and forth. But just as far as what CSU fans should keep their eye on in the coming weeks here, I do think that we'll see defensive line be an area where they'll try to add some experience. They've already offered a, a couple of guys at the FCS level a couple of really intriguing defensive linemen out of Merrimack, one edge rusher, one defensive tackle. I mean, losing Mo Camara, Grady Kelly, and Tony Pierce, and Matt Thomas, I believe, all in one offseason, that's going to be tough. I mean, that's that's a lot of snaps that you have to replace. And you're really intrigued by some of these young guys coming up. I mean, you know, Kennedy McDowell at defensive end, he was a guy that was really standing out before he got hurt. They've got good athletes down there, but you certainly could afford to add some size and experience there. I think they could use another corner or another linebacker. I know they offered a corner uh, out of Independence Community College out in Kansas. Um, drawing a blank on the name right now. Uh, linebacker, again, is another area I'd like them to potentially target. Jaden Landrum is going to be one of the early enrollees. He's a really intriguing athlete. 
the one linebacker that CSU did sign out of the high school ranks. Maybe he's a guy that's able to see the, the field early for you. But, I mean, you do lose Justin Sanchez. Trey Pastor has elected to hit the portal. He didn't end up making quite the impact that I thought that he would. Um, that's the thing about the portal, though, man. Not everybody pans out, and it's for a variety of reasons. I mean, sometimes it's all just situational. I think he's an athletic guy. I think he's maybe better suited to be a DB than a backer. I had some missed tackles when he was out there, but that's just the thing about the portal is it's a gamble. And I, I come back to it time and time again. I've been told this by so many football coaches is the majority of the guys in the portal are there because it didn't work out for them for one reason or another. And you're hoping that the change of scenery, you know, will allow them to work out under you. But there's very few instances where guys are killing it and they're electing to portal. Sometimes that's the case because they're trying to jump up. And that's why I think you see CSU, you know, having some success with some of these FCS guys, even D2. I mean, shoot, you look at a guy like Drew Moss coming out of Lamar. He was as big of an addition as anybody on the roster last year. So it's not always about flash, um, but those are the kind of the positions I would expect to see them target. Maybe you bring in a veteran quarterback under the right circumstances, but I doubt it. I think you just kind of see what you have with your young guys. BFN is your projected starter, but maybe, you know, Brousseau gets some reps in there as well. Uh, Maybe you bring in a vet wide receiver if you could to try and replace Lewis Brown, but with Torrey coming back, Justice Ross Simmons, you really like some of these Freshmen and, you know, guys that will be sophomores next year. I don't know if that's the biggest need. Tight end would be the the last position. And offensively, I think it's the biggest need. Um, I'm not sold yet on the, the guys they have in the building. That's not to say that they couldn't prove me wrong or break out. I do think Vincent Brown is a, a really good athlete. I think Jordan Williams has had some moments. But I do think we need to see a little bit more consistency there. And, I mean, you know, they brought in Holker last year for a reason. I'll say that. Anyways, that's kind of my two cents on this 2024 class thus far. I wrote about a thousand words on it, so go check it out. Again, I really like a lot of these guys. I didn't spot out everyone. I didn't go one by one, but I mean, I think Keegan Shank coming out of Arizona, defensive lineman, him and Moran are two of my favorite guys. I think Trajan Townsend's got really great size. I mean, that's that's really the the common theme is the the guys in the trenches, they're big, they're strong, and they move well. The guys at the skill positions, they put up big numbers. Uh, they run well. That's always a big thing with Jay. He wants fast. He wants speed. And with Darius Curry, I think there's a lot of upside there. A lot of upside. So we'll see what happens. A really encouraging recruiting class. Shout out to Jay Norvell, who has now signed three of the top four recruits in program history. Ten of the 25 highest rated recruits have signed under Norvell. And if you go like into the top 50, it's it's even more glaring just how much better this staff is doing than some of the the previous years. And I think there's there's a variety of factors. I, as much as I will criticize the Adazio staff, the COVID era totally screwed them with recruiting. I don't think they were super focused on hitting the road all that much anyways, but just being fair to them. I mean, it was a really tough circumstance. I think Bobo coasted a little bit at the end after experiencing some frustration where they spent a lot of time like going after guys in the South who ultimately ended up getting poached late. I think this staff has a better approach. You know, They knew from the get-go where their target areas were, the West Coast. Obviously, coming over from another Mountain West program was kind of an advantage. They didn't have to change all that much, except for now they had 
better facilities, you know, better resources at their disposal, all of that stuff. And obviously it's making a difference. Norvell's a guy who was able to recruit well, even in Reno. And now we're really seeing it make a major difference in Fort Collins. Guys that ended up at Boise State and Fresno State and programs like that coming out of Cali in previous years. They're now ending up at CSU. And, you know, those programs have been the face of the league for a reason. They've been consistently competitive for a reason. They're able to get top talent out of areas like Southern California, which has been just so huge for CSU to go back to their roots, to have those consistent relationships and to be able to get the talent out of there because not every school would be able to do that. Speaking of West Coast connections, before we get out of here, I was, I believe it was Matt Norlander of CBS that broke it, but we've seen multiple sites now confirm it. Oregon State, Washington State, expected to partner with the WCC for the next two years. They're going to be in that league with everything except football, basically. It gives them a basketball schedule, gives them a home for their Olympic sports. Certainly a little bit surprising the way this played out. Um, I wonder if there's some frustration on the Mountain West side. I, I do think that it's in the long run, if you're CSU, if we're looking at this from our perspective, they're going to be in a league with Oregon State and Washington State at some point down the line. The big question is just, is that in a expanded Mountain West? Is it a reverse merger with the Pac-12 where they take all the Mountain West? Or do they rebuild, which I think is what they desire to do the most based on everything that I've heard. You know, Oregon State and Washington State, they want to rebuild the Pac-12 and they're very interested in kind of taking some of those top Mountain West teams, Boise State, San Diego State, Fresno State, UNLV, CSU, Air Force, and I think they're interested in going after some of those AAC teams as well. A lot can happen in a couple of years. There's a lot of legal hurdles. We'll have to see what happens with the buyouts and stuff. Um, but this is interesting, the way this has all played out. And my gut is that this is more indicative of a rebuilt Pac-12 West Coast League, whatever you want to call it. Maybe they steal Gonzaga and St. Mary's too. Like They really do kneecap the AAC, the Mountain West, and the WCC with one foul swoop. I don't know. It, it could happen. But everything that I've heard is that schools like CSU are, are still very much in conversation with Oregon State, with Washington State. Gloria Navarra is very much in constant communication with them. And I expect it to come together one way or another. If I was a school like Wyoming, uh, Nevada, New Mexico, maybe, I might be feeling a little nervous right now. New Mexico, I'd feel less nervous than some of those other schools. I, I think they'd have a better shot to be taken. Um, interesting time though, certainly an interesting time and a huge turning point here for some of these schools who frankly can't afford to be completely left behind. They already have to an extent, uh, but I think in the next 10 years here, we're really going to see some of this change kind of solidify, whether that's football breaking away, the NCAA going away. I don't know. All I know is you still want to be in the conversation and we'll have to see. We'll have to see. But I, I still firmly expect CSU to be in a league with Boise, San Diego State, UNLV, Air Force, Fresno, Washington State, Oregon State, maybe a, a team like Tulane or something. Uh, but especially those top Mountain West schools and the remaining Pac-2, I'd like to see them go after St. Mary's and Gonzaga. That's way more intriguing to me than some of the, the AAC schools. But I know that football still drives the bus. So we shall see. Uh, big game coming up Friday night for CSU Men's Hoops. Have some post game takeaways uh, pod on that as well. Shout out to everybody. Happy holidays, y'all. 
Much love and always proud to be. Christmas is coming, but I'm not here.